had to let it come back around one more time <clears throat> to that strong groove there um throwback song there by the ohio players called pride and vanity um discovered it for the first time just a couple days ago listening to uh d'angelo super jam with quest love uh from like bonnaroo in 2012 and i'm a huge d'angelo fan i've featured him on the podcast before and so I don't know, I just felt like I'd play it. It was also the most recent song I added to the content for the Cultured uh, playlist as well. So that's that. Let's turn this down here. Let's get started and let you know why I'm back, how I'm doing, and why it's been so damn long. So I'm sitting here on a Sunday, Sunday night. It's 10, almost 10.30 here, uh, Phoenix time, and I'm recording right now. Uh, it's been, you know, well, first of all, welcome to, welcome to content for the culture episode, I believe episode 20, and it's probably been almost four. It's like, I think it's actually been over four months since I've uploaded an episode, which is just a goddamn travesty to the podcasting world. I know. Um, <laughs> but I haven't, I haven't been recording at all. Um, because frankly, I don't know. I think I just one been lazy maybe. And two, uh, I've just been prioritizing other things as well. And kind of for a little bit there, I was playing some open mics and I've been really <clears throat> working on guitar and playing music a lot as well. Uh, which if anybody listened to this podcast, know I, you know, they know I'd spent probably, I spent hundreds of dollars and a lot of time on getting a new laptop so I could record podcasts. <laughs> and then I probably recorded maybe one or two episodes with that new laptop. And then I've been off. So pretty bizarre it's kind of interesting recording right now too um weird getting back into it but i've got a uh oh you might be hearing some police sirens in the background there i'm not sure um i'm not gonna be editing that out in post-production believe it or not uh but no it's been too damn long it's good to be back i got some stuff i need to talk about and oh that fire truck is coming right down the road always an interruption this is like just like the episode where i talk about the cat on the rooftop for the uh of our parking garage what is the fucking what in the hell are they doing here um okay anyways we're just gonna you know this is all one take anybody who listens knows i'm not gonna go back and edit any of this shit out so there was a podcast i was gonna be doing soon with some friends and it was so bizarre because they were talking about doing it and, and, and they had some episodes they recorded that I wanted to listen to. It was called the guest room podcast. And I was like, they recorded one night and I'm like, cool. When can I go to the episode? They're like, Oh, we're editing it still. And I said, I'm sitting there thinking to myself, I'm like, edit, who the fuck edit? Who edits these? Who puts them in post-production? I'm like, Oh, that's what people generally do. Um, when they're not like me, I'm just like, let's go one take, get it done. 
and then I just hit share to SoundCloud straight away and the rest is fucking history. But anyways, it's good to be back. Good to be talking. It's been too damn long for four or five months. Maybe I got some stuff I need to talk about, but I'm also going to be breezing over a lot of other things, stuff that's been happening the past four or five months. And, um, I do want to just make a solid point that a big reason I am recording today is because I did make a bet with a certain someone and I'm fucking coming through on my end of the bet recording before midnight tonight, 10 26 PM, uh, timestamp, uh, Boy George here is not going to lose. I'm not a man to lose a bet. So here we are five minutes in. It might be a shorter episode as well because it's a little bit later. But I've got some things I want to talk about. Um, <clears throat> and God damn, it's been so long. Uh, really, just, just too long, unfortunately. Um, but either way, here we are. So I have a lot of movies to talk about. I've seen some pretty good movies recently the past couple weeks and stuff that's actually pretty timely. Um, a few good TV shows. There's going to be some I'm going to recap as well. That might be a little bit. Uh, I don't. I mean, some of them might be a little bit outdated, but I just kind of have to bring them up. And then, um, you know, we usually start talking with music. I'm not going to talk about too much music though, with stuff that I recommend. Uh, like you just heard, I played an old song from I believe the 1980s, maybe the 70s. So uh, I'm kind of all over the place musically right now. Um, but, you know, especially right now, I'm I'm kind of into electronic music very much so. So that might start getting featured on the uh, podcast a little bit more as well. So a good way to discover that kind of music is um, on top of everything else. But the one thing I wanted to talk about with music that I had written down in my um, very official podcasting notes uh, on my iPhone, um, I just kind of wanted to talk about the 2016 year in review for music for me. Um. It was kind of one of those things. I was really let down by this year of music. I wasn't, um, I remember at the end of the year last year, uh, at the end of 2015, I put together a list on the website as well on contentfortheculture.com, which if you do go, if you try and go to that website now, I have not renewed the domain yet. <laughs> so it's not there. So don't go there. Just go to, go to SoundCloud or go to SoundCloud or iTunes for, for your content for the culture needs. But that website will be up and running again soon, I'm sure. Um, and I will be the first one to let you know, of course, um, or probably maybe the other, uh, massive following of content for the cultured fans will be letting you know as well. Cause it's just kind of a phenomenon, this show. I mean, people have been beating down my fucking door to get me to record. It's like, oh my gosh, you know, I'm basically getting paid a lot of money to do this right now. That's why, that's why I'm doing this. Um, anyways, really though, I, I, I was, I, I did that at the end of the year in 2015 and I put together a top 10 list and, and even, you know, a top five list is easy. Top 10 can be a little harder too, though. You know, it's like 10 is tough. Like, you know, even 10 favorite movies of the year might be tough. Um, you might not even see 10 new movies that you all really enjoy throughout the whole year. Frankly, when I did that in 2015, I didn't have a problem whatsoever, uh, really finding the albums. Like, I mean, I kind of went through my playlist that I had made for the podcast and, you know, you have to jog your memory a little bit. It wasn't like, oh my God, this, 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 and this. I mean, I had a few in my mind that I was like, these are obviously going to make the list. You know, I remember like Thundercat and like Father John Misty. I just knew. Um, but then again, there were just some options that, you know, like there were some, I just needed to kind of jog my memory a bit. But, you know, nevertheless, doing 10 of them was 100% manageable. On the flip side of that, at the end of this year, I was kind of thinking to myself, I, I, I was like, I don't even know if I could put together a top five. I mean, I maybe I kind of just fell off musically a little bit. I haven't been listening to 
albums as much. I've been listening to a lot of electronic. I've been listening to a lot of older music. There just really hasn't been a lot of new music in 2016 that I just thoroughly enjoyed and couldn't wait for. And, and I think it might have been kind of a bizarre timing issue in the sense that a lot of the artists that I like released music in 2015 and most artists usually have at least a year or two in between albums. So I think kind of oddly enough, I might have, you know, in the peaks and valleys kind of way of that music being released in, in that manner, if you look at it from that perspective, I might maybe 2016 was just kind of a bit of a valley in the sense that not a lot of the people I love were releasing music and maybe just some of the new artists that came out that got big, I didn't really get into. Uh, it's it's kind of bizarre. Um so it was it was a bit of a letdown for the year, and a lot of the year in review articles that I read and looked at, including um, you know a lot of them I I always talk about I, I frequent like Pitchfork and stuff like that. I was on that website, and they had a lot of albums that it almost to me seemed like oh you guys don't even know like I mean you're kind of missing some some good options in the sense that like they had like Kanye West and Beyonce. And I mean, and this is a website pitchfork that when I started reading it two or three years ago, you would be, it'd be a fucking complete, um, surprise to just see that, that kind of music, uh, featured on there, that kind of like mainstream sound. I mean, it is a little bit more of a trendy hipster kind of snobby website. Hence why I go to it. If it's perfect, I'm a fucking hipster snob. That's like, okay. Uh, but <clears throat> I was uh, clearing my throat in the mic, by the way, that <laughs> clearly I haven't been doing this for a little bit. I, <clears throat> that's the thing I need to pull away from the mic for. I, f I forgot about that. But yeah, it's kind of bizarre. So I, I don't really think there were any albums that I, I necessarily loved. And I'm, I'm going to look at my phone real quick because there were some music I was going to recommend um, that I had written down. Um, oh, 10, 4, 16. Oh, here we go. I think I'm here. Hmm. This is so crazy. So I have my notes up here from when I was going to do a podcast when I got back from ACL. I didn't talk about ACL at all. I had artists written there. I have movie talk to go on. I Oh, my God. I have all these stories to tell. Well, I'll, <laughs> I'll touch on these a little bit and then talk about the new stuff. And, and hopefully this this podcast doesn't go too long. I like how I didn't even pull up the this note before I started the show. <laughs> oh, my God. I'm such a little... Um, I'm such a little procrastinator. We'll just take it, take it as we go. So, um, anyways, you know, in some, like I said, I just, there wasn't a ton of new music in 2016 that I thoroughly loved. Uh, but there was, there were, uh, there was some like, I mean, there were a few artists I enjoyed. I, I actually have one written down here that I can, that I'm going to recommend real quick. Um, but overall I was just really bummed and, Kind of to, to sum that up, what I was really most excited for and what I'm looking forward to most is just 2017 um, new releases just in terms of I, I'm, I'm very excited for Home Shake. I'm very excited for Mac DeMarco. I'm very excited for uh, Grizzly Bear. I've gotten back into them in a very, uh, very interesting way. Just kind of uh, just back into their sound, just out of nowhere. Because I've been, you know, playing so much guitar. It's so nice for me to get into instrumental, you know, band music like that, which is just such a rarity these days. And I've talked about that for on uh, talked about that before on here. So um, I am looking forward to those releases. I do truly think 2017 is going to be a bigger year of music. On top of that, I would imagine we get a Father John Misty album. I think LCD Sound System says they're putting out an album. 
And those are just the ones off the top of my head. I don't have a list here of the most anticipated ones, unfortunately. Um, but that's still five albums I'm really, really looking forward to. And I know Home Shake is actually coming out in February. So that's very exciting. I, I love his sound. Um, and we all know, uh, anybody who listens to this know I'm the master of the hype train and building things up. And then them uh, not following through on that hype. So um, it's probably not a good thing that I'm hyping them up. It might actually end up fucking backfiring. But I am looking forward to those uh, those albums. So let me talk a little music, though. And it's going to be in the past, and so I apologize for that. It's not going to be super up to date. But I do have things written down from when I was going to talk to you in fucking October. How crazy is that? The last episode I saw there, um, I'm going to refresh my podcast page just to see. So the last episode I recorded episode 19 September 5th wow so then I went to ACL and I think I took a month off and I was like I'm gonna get back and record and I even considered bring my bringing my gear out there too and I just I just did not and and I guess yeah wow that I was with my sister in Chicago for that last episode that's such a bummer I didn't do one for a while I think part of the reason too um was that I just had so much fun with her it was such a good time I was like I don't know if I'll ever be able to top that um but either way here's a couple suggestions so one of the artists I was going to recommend um was William Tyler He's basically one of the one of the better finger style guitarists I've heard in recent um, in the in the past couple of years. Kind of reminds me a lot of Riley Walker, uh, Kian Nugent, who I talked about um, one of the earlier episodes as well. Just a bit of that kind of folk rock sound um, from the nineteen sixties, nineteen seventies. You know, old Neil Young. Um, that those artists, these artists these days, Steve Gunn is another one of them. Uh, Scott Hirsch, uh, just to name a few. I sound like, just to name a few that you probably have never heard of. <laughs> I sound like a fucking snob, but really, those are some artists that I love that kind of channel that rock from the '70s. That um, very kind of deep singer-songwriter uh, style uh, that you know Neil Young had perfected, and and uh, you know pl- plenty others as well with the folk rock like blow up back then in the '70s. So. Um, they kind of play that nowadays, and uh, I love it. I love their sound. Although with William Tyler, there's no lyrics, there's no, um, there's no uh, any like vocals or anything like that at all. Just pure, um, pure instrumentation. But let me find a good song here. I'm going to search his name on the content for the culture playlist that you can find on Spotify, and I'm going to pick a song and play it here. All right, we're just going to pick one and just roll with it and see if it's a good one. Sounds a little country, but... little key change there. I'm going to go one more time, I bet, and then I'll probably bring it back around.
just he's a fucking incredible guitarist obviously as you can hear that um i've 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 listened to a few songs of his live and it is just it's mind-boggling how good he is and how accurate and precise he is too uh just to play that stuff live it's very impressive i'm gonna put one more on by him um i believe it's let me see what this one is So it sounds a little country, and probably you're like, what the hell, I've just trashed country a bunch of times. Um, here's the song I'm going to play, not this one. Um, but it's a lot more folk to me than anything, and I know that kind of folk rock does border on country a little bit sometimes, but as long as it's bordering on the more soul side of country, like old, uh, I wouldn't mind it as much because I, I do respect that genre in a way. Um, but the song is this one, Highway Anxiety. So this is another one that's really just a beautiful song. It's nine minutes long. I mean, the album itself, I mean, lots of long tracks, but I'll turn this up here. And it's just kind of very an ambient guitar sound, and it's just incredible the sound he creates for it. So just take a listen. Yeah, like I said, it's called Modern Country. I believe I mentioned that. And he has another good album as well on Spotify. Um, worthy of checking out. That's who I had written down um, before I went to ACL. So interestingly enough, you know, been about three months. And unfortunately, I just didn't know which songs to play. So sorry for that moment. I was literally clicking around between three different songs and playing them. Um, <laughs> but that's okay. Um, nonetheless, th- th- that's another, that's an artist I'd recommend to anybody who plays guitar, who's interested and that kind of music, and like I said, if they've if anybody enjoyed Ken Nugent or um, Riley Walker, I believe who I have mentioned on here, who was I think the first song in my content for the culture playlist uh, with his song Primrose Green. So I'd recommend checking that out. And then just to touch on a couple other things, um, music related before I, I kind of shift gears. I uh, yeah, so I went to ACL in October and or at the end of September, whatever it was, and um, really just want to say, ultimately, it was a phenomenal music festival, had a great time with all three days, and for anybody who listened, you know, to my Coachella (laughs) recap or anything like that, it was just such a fucking disaster, you know, this just completely blew it out of the water, it was a good time, just in terms of the festival and stuff, I still enjoyed Coachella in a different way, um, of course, you know, just coming back with that story and everything, but it was a great festival, and um, let me let me get into some of the artists that actually I, I really enjoyed. So I remember um, we went there on the first day, saw a lot of a lot of musicians. Saw M eighty three, 
a little bit of flume, a little bit of M83, a little bit of this, a little bit of that, you know how it goes. Uh, but I don't think Friday had any crazy bands that I was super excited for, but it was just a good time, and I drank quite a bit on that first night and had, had a lot of fun uh, and just, just had a good time. But actually, I do remember one funny story that I will share real quick. Uh, when I went to ACL, I remember my buddy and I, you know, I went with three friends as well. Um, but one of my friends who actually listens to the podcast, um, you know, he's kind of a, you know, we're like music, big music fans and stuff and radio heads, you know, headlining and was playing Friday night and I'm not a Radiohead fan. You know, I'm, I'm kind of one of those people like, Oh yeah, creeps a good song, kind of fucking depressing, but you know, I'm just not a, not a huge fan of theirs. Not in the sense I don't, di- uh, don't like their music, but I haven't listened to it a lot either. And, um, uh, we had drank, you know, a decent amount that night. First day you get in, we had to drive from Dallas, et cetera. And it's super excited. You know how it goes. And just that festival atmosphere is a good time. And we went and saw, um, (laughs) it's actually a pretty funny story. And we, um, we're ready to see Radiohead and it's like, like I said, we had drank. And so we're, we're feeling good. And we're like, we, we'd come from like M83 and we're like, all right, cool. Let's go. That's awesome. It was a good electronic experience. Now let's go do Radiohead. And we, go stand at the Radiohead stage and we're standing there for a while and I think I got to a point where I'm like oh they're coming on a little late that's fine I'll be like you know five ten minutes it happens you know and they're at the end of the night I guess it doesn't matter if no one else is playing after them right and then some girl dancers get on stage and I'm like wow Radiohead hmm (laughs) like they're getting really creative here like this is interesting they're probably like making a very strong statement on you know women's sexualization in society today or something because you know they're dressed in those kind of get-ups you'd expect uh and then the music starts and it is just like banger electronic music central and i'm standing there and i'm for i'm still like confused for a few minutes it took me like a couple minutes and then i turned my buddy i'm like I don't think this is Radiohead. <laughs> and it was like, I think it was like Zoo or ZHU or like, it was some, I don't know who it was headlining um, that Friday night. Um, I can actually pull it up right now. But I believe it was, it was just some, it was just some typical, uh, let's see here. I'm going to look it up. ACL Festival lineup 2016. Um, it was some like big electronic band. Uh or not electronic band, like electronic artist, just some, okay, Kendrick, okay, so we're on the right thing, let's see here, Major Laser, that's who it was, yeah, Major Laser, um, and so it was a big, like, you know, big banger set, like, you know, you're hearing, like, all the best electronic songs you love, or, or at least, like, the songs that, like, people love in the mainstream and stuff like that, and so it was just fucking hilarious, because we're, like, 10 minutes, and we're, like, ooh, this isn't Radiohead, so we go, Let's go to radio and let's do it. And and mind you, even while we were hearing like the first ten minutes of Major Laser, like you know we're having a good time, we're feeling good, and we're just like mm, this is kind of fun. But we're like, let's go to Radiohead. We said we would. We go to Radiohead across all the way across the festival. You know, you got to walk like twenty or thirty minutes, not twenty or thirty minutes. Sorry, um, you know, like ten minutes is still a bit of a hoof. And we get to the back and we're like, dude, let's you know. And I get in that mode. I'm like, I'm gonna get to the front. Like I can do whatever the fuck I want. I'm gonna be six two in front of everybody. I don't give a shit, and I'm pushing my way. And we push our way all the way up, all the way up, like to a really solid spot. And then we're standing there looking at Radiohead for like five minutes, maybe. And we're just, you know, we're kind of drunk and we're just like, want to have a good time. And Radiohead is not the best music to go (laughs) to drink and listen to. And we're just standing there and I'm like, huh. Like, are we gonna stand? And then finally, like five minutes turned fine. I go, dude, let's get the fuck out of here. He's like, yeah, let's go back. And we just we just turn right around and leave, and then go right back to Major Laser. It was fucking hilarious. 
it was just so funny too because we're standing there and it took us it literally took us a few minutes of Major Laser playing a set and then we finally were like I don't think this is Radiohead like I don't think they're this is their introduction <laughs> but um yeah that was Friday night and then and then uh, Saturday we saw uh, a couple good shows uh, mainly though the big takeaway from Saturday was that uh, Kygo was awesome and um, he put on a great set he was a lot of fun. And that probably make me sound like a basic bitch. Kygo is great as well as the chain smokers. Um, but it was still a great show. I can't even complain. And, uh, and then on Sunday got to see LCD sound system, which was a blast. One of the best shows I've seen. I just had such a good time dancing and singing along with my boys and we had a, we had a really good trip. So that was a great festival. It was nice to have that after the Coachella uh, fiasco that had occurred earlier this year or earlier that year. Um, so bit of an improvement there with the festival experience. So, I'm already 25 minutes in and I'm getting a little tired. It's, uh, you know, I got so much shit to talk about, but I'm going to, I'm going to transition into TV shows and movies for a bit. I have some stuff written down here. Um, it's interesting too, because I guess that star Wars movie had already come out as well in December. Um, but I did see something around like September or October, I guess when I wrote this, that with star Wars, they were going to do a TV show now as well. And I'm sitting here wondering is this market finally just going to be oversaturated? Are we going to have too much of it? Or it, it might just end up being something like the superhero movie uh, thing that's been happening in Hollywood now where it's just like, I don't know when it's going to stop because I've been saying like, okay, it's going to slow down. It's going to slow down. They'll stop making money. And I mean, the masses just love it. They go to it and they pay the money and they have a great fucking time. I don't know what it is. And um, I get that that's a cash cow. You kind of have to milk, especially with the kind of like volatility of the movie market these days. It's so tough to make money and um, so much different now at least and so much more complex than it used to be 20 years ago, even 10 years ago. Um, so kind of bizarre, but I, I remember seeing that and I'm like, Star Wars on TV now and then they have this movie and then this was, you know, this movie was a prequel and then we still have the Force Awakens sequel and then I see there's other ones coming out. All these, And I'm just sitting here and I'm calling it right now. It is going to get oversaturated. And on top of getting oversaturated, it's just, it's going to lose quality. I mean, I wasn't a huge fan of Force Awakens. I didn't even see the newest one, too. And you just know they're not going to be as good. It's like you can only kind of just bleed that nostalgia thing dry. Like, you know, it's like it's going to happen eventually where it's like, okay, we love Star Wars from the 70s. We loved all that stuff, but it gets old. You know, you can't just rely on that heavily for that long. Um, So I don't know. I just remember that was an observation I made and I was going to talk about it, but... Uh, let's see. So television I had on here, Night of and Westworld. Um, I don't really, I don't really want to talk about Night of it. I watched it so long ago. Um, and, uh, <clears throat> don't really have any, anything to add there. I might've not finished it by the time I talked about it on the show. I can't remember. Uh, but that's okay. Um, for TV though, what I wanted to mainly touch on, mm -mm were three shows I believe um no four shows so four shows I got four shows I'm gonna blow through this in uh you know just an hour and a half it's like Jesus how long is this gonna take um but mainly the one show that I or when I was watching as well I was like why am I not doing my podcast come on George um it was Westworld and I will say minus if I mean overall critical criticism of the show I mean there were just some plot lines that were a little questionable plot hole wise and um, I mean minus like I remember the Eve storyline I think Eve I don't know if that's the name of the character uh, but there was a 
the the one robot um with the black curly hair who was like the head of the whorehouse kind of thing the whole storyline with her and the the doctors like her convincing them to break out and them to reprogram her and to like convince her to do that kind of stuff it was it was just a little bizarre because it was one of those things i'm watching and i'm going to touch on this when i talk a little bit about ex machina which i'd uh, rock, uh which i watched uh, just this past week as well with these robots where when are these people when are these characters in these shows and in these movies gonna stop listening to the fucking robots and like reprogramming them and being like okay cool yeah we're gonna get rid of all the control codes and that's like what I kind of just there were just some of those episodes where I'm like I know this is integral to the plot and I know this is gonna play a huge part in it which it did near the end as well of course like her storyline got a lot bigger but it was one of those things like I know we've got these bumbling idiot doctors but like I think it's a it was just a little unbelievable and obviously the whole show of Westworld can be unbelievable because it's science fiction and completely you know made up but it's like just in general terms of character motivations and and believability in terms of what they would actually do and not do i just thought that whole plot line of them reprogramming it's like couldn't they just shut her off they could just shut her off right now and just reprogram her from the beginning like they legit talk about it and then instead they just give her all the power i I don't know that was bizarre that was my main negativity i kind of took away from it i just kind of had trouble believing that storyline however that said i mean that's <clears throat> that was like, you know, there were some plot holes. There's some cheesiness. I remember the uh, pl- spoiler alert. <laughs> I guess I didn't say that at all but with this show, but it's been long enough now with the with the Ed Harris reveal, which had already been spoiled to me by someone's like, oh, uh, William or whatever uh, the guy's name is. I think it was William. Um, you know, that's the man in black. And I remember someone like kind of spoiled it and they're on Reddit a lot and they kind of go through. I, I They go through those forums and, and I just I'm not that person. I don't like getting it spoiled. I'm not like, oh, I can see it now and look forward to it. It's kind of like. And I can see all the foreshadowing. I'd rather not because now the foreshadowing is fucking obvious to me. You know, that's kind of what's frustrating about it. And so uh, that was kind of a bummer. And I thought that reveal was done very poorly as well. It was a little cheesy. They kind of had to spell it out where I remember he had to talk to Dolores and say, well, uh, that young man, he used to be like, it was just like, so it was so melodramatic. And I was like, eh, p- people don't talk like this. Even people in Westworld, even like a man in Westworld talking to a robot, like this isn't how someone would explain that. Hey, that was me. I'm the man and I'm the man in black and I'm William, you know, it was bizarre. Um, <clears throat> but however, I mean, you know, other than those two things, those are two main takeaways. I keep saying like, Oh, there's only one or two criticisms. I just keep pulling up ones out of the air and just keep trashing the show. I feel like sometimes this podcast is better when I'm just trashing things, praising them. It's like, Oh, okay. Thanks for the suggestion. You could have just texted me and I'll watch it. It's like when I trash them, it's like, it's almost better than that. Um, but anyways, uh, other than that, obviously phenomenal show, very well written. And I thought the actor who played Bernard was very good. And then Anthony Hopkins was phenomenal as well. And the ending, mm, again, spoiler alert, little weird, little muddled, little just like, okay, there was so much fucking going on here, but it was just so strongly written and so dense that I can only, I can't really, I can't really criticize it that much. Um, but I loved it obviously. And that's, I would say that would be my biggest suggestion to recommend. And it's just a bummer. I didn't really get to talk about the show in detail because it's been so long and I'm just, I'm, I'm moved on. So this episode is kind of a recap as well. I'm, I'm probably talking really fast and as I always do, but, and, and recapping a lot of stuff and kind of breezing through things. Whereas I usually spend like 10 minutes on one scene in star Wars, the force awakens that I fucking hated. <laughs> so, uh, it's a bit of a different format, but you know, it's almost 11 and I just want to get through as much as I can. Cause 
it's been so long, but yeah, Westworld was a show I want to talk about. And then since then I've watched, um, a decent amount of shows. I took a little time off again cause I, I was playing a lot of guitar and, and working on that and I really wasn't watching that many shows. Um, but I did finally watch stranger things. I did, uh, finally start Atlanta and, uh, I also watched an episode today of black mirror. I don't think there are any other shows I really wanted to recommend. I might be forgetting something, something I watched that I enjoyed. I don't know, but I'll save it for the next episode. Um, but just to lightly touch on those three shows, um, with stranger things, good show. I enjoyed it. Lots of fun. well-written lot again well-written and and just lots of fun i mean it really that's there's a reason why when you watch that show and people go oh it's kind of like the goonies mixed with uh the sandlot no it's like the sandlot and i don't know what it's like the goonies and then what is one of those other like 80s 90s movies that people compared it to or or no it wasn't that it was it was goonies and like super eight and stuff with because like that had the little kids so that, that was always kind of the most accurate uh combination that I had heard of, of references with what it was kind of similar to and watching it, I was like, Oh, okay, that makes sense. Um, the only thing is with that show, um, I just thought kind of like near the end, uh, or not near the end. Um, just like with the amount of hype it got from people, I mean, boy, they, every, every single person was just like, you need it. Like, especially cause I'm a show guy and I love it. Everybody's like, you need to watch stranger things. Like, Oh my God, dude. And I remember watching it. I'm like, it was good. It was a lot of fun, but like, there are better, um, sorry, I keep pulling away from the bike, clear my throat, um, <clears throat> as you hear that one, uh, but I mean, there, there are better shows, and it wasn't a show, like, I don't know, it, I feel like when I get a show suggested to me, and people go, like, it's so amazing, it's so fun, it's so, or not so fun, like, people don't say that, they're like, it's just so good, they're right, it's so crazy, and I, you know, I mean, you watch it near the end, it's like, okay, it's a little predictable, you know, it gets a little predictable at the end. It's not like the craziest, most clever writing in the entire world. And they kind of, um, I don't know, people just made it sound like it was just something so much greater than it was. And, and that's not a, honestly, that's not a knock on the show because it's not trying to be something great. It's just trying to be something fun and different and, and unique and kind of more of an adventure than anything. So I did enjoy that. I had a good time with the show. It was fun. Um, and, and for Netflix, you know, Netflix can be a little hit and miss for me sometimes. I, I, I generally stick to a lot of HBO, uh, but it was, it was good. And it had some darker, darker elements that I didn't expect. And, and sometimes the things coming out, I mean, I'm not a big scary movie person, uh, but the things coming out of the walls, uh, were fucking terrifying for the first episode or two. And I was watching by myself. I'm like, fuck this. And then there was one night I'm, I'm watching him. I had my door like that kind of slight crack where like you can see the light from the hallway just kind of shooting through and I, I thought it was all the way shut. It was like maybe halfway shut and like half the door frame is on uh, on the door or whatever and um, or the door is on half the door frame or however you want to phrase it. But my roommate got up who's across the hall to use the restroom late at night like around like 1130 when he got up and like stepped on the floor it kind of like got, I don't know just moved the door a little bit and then like the the wind or like the. All, all that science and shit. I don't know. I didn't understand science and stranger things either. Uh, but no, but I mean, I don't know what happened, but the door just fucking shuts. Like, just like, boom, makes the noise. And I was like, oh, fuck. And it was like in the middle of like one of the episodes. I was just terrified. Uh, but overall, it was a good show. And, and mainly just some of the criticisms. I just thought um, some of the pacing with like the kids storylines, it took a little while for for them to actually like make moves and start like working together like really until like the second to last or last episode so it was a bit frustrating and and it was just too reliant on that that conflict of 
you know, 11 is annoying. I are not annoying. 11's crazy. 11's not. And it was just kind of like, I would almost enjoy seeing you guys working with her more and struggling with her, with and without her, as opposed to just struggling just with having her around, you know? Um, so that was one thing. And then some of like the special effects were just not special effects, but like, excuse me. Um, the, uh, the scene where they like the scene where, uh, uh, like in terms of predictability, like I said, near the end, like when, when the kid uh, who they called Frogface, I don't know. I mean, I guess that's kind of accurate what the bully called him. He looks a little bit like that, but the the main kid who who has a crush on L, um, when like he's like, fine, I'll jump off into the water, and then like L saves him, and I don't know. That was like a weak scene. That was that was weak. It was just over the top and unnecessary, not needed, and the effects were bad too. So that was something I didn't enjoy. And then just near the end, like I said, it got a little predictable. But one funny observation I had on the show is I love the kid. I think it was actually, I said William was the name of the character in Westworld. I think Will is the name of the kid, too, um, who is gone in the underworld or whatever the hell it's called. And, uh, <coughs> excuse me, um, <laughs> will not edit that out. Um, and I guess I don't even need to say that. You're just going to listen to it and be like, wow, he didn't fucking edit that out. That's unbelievable. <laughs> he really is lazy. Um, but that kid coming back from like being in the scariest fucking place with like the most terrifying faceless monster ever. Like he's stuck in like all that goop and like it was like so dark and scary seeing him. Like I felt so bad for him. He just comes back to regular civilian life like a month later, just having dinner with his family, glad to be back with his parents and stuff. And I'm just sitting here. I'm like, this motherfucker would have the harshest case of PTSD that this world has ever seen or any World War II veteran. Like, it would be more that so. Like, the shit that that kid saw, and he's like seven or whatever, 10 years old. It's like seven. Jesus, that's pretty young. But like, I think like 10, maybe 12. I don't know. It was just, it was funny. I was just thinking about that watching it. And, and I know they were just kind of setting it up, and they went like two or three months later. So whatever, and he was, like, coughing up the worm in the sink, and so they're setting it up, but it was just funny, I'm watching it, and I'm like, this kid's a fucking trooper, like, all I thought in my head, I'm like, I'm like, he's really, I mean, good for him for being happy to be alive and making it back, but at the same time, I'm like, this kid might be suicidal, like, after everything he's been through, and instead he's like, fuck it, Barb died, I didn't, I made it, thank God, it's like, he's, I'm like, this kid's got some zest for fucking life, I don't know what it is, but he's taking it like a damn champ, so it was, that was funny, uh, but I liked, I, I liked the show, it's fun, and then, um, I also watched, uh, I started watching, um, two things, and then I'm gonna move into the movies, uh, 40 minutes in, Going to need to yeah cut this off since 11. Uh, but <clears throat> I started watching Atlanta and um, Black Mirror. So I watched Atlanta about a week ago. I started it. It's just been recommended. And after Donald Glover won the Golden Globe, I believe, for Best Original Show or something. I don't know. It, it was just it was a big win for him. And I was really I was happy for him because I'm, I love a super talent like that. Just music and just creative writing, funny acting, everything. I mean, he's really just a phenomenal talent and it's, and it's extremely impressive what he does. And also, you know, that motherfucker cashes some checks too. Like I'm like jealous as hell as that too. Uh, jealous as hell of that as well. Like, you know, he's making bank. Um, and cause he just inked a deal too with FX as well to kind of keep developing a new season with, uh, of Atlanta. And then I think also like another show. So good for him, more power to him. It's awesome and really exciting. 
but anyways, I, I started watching the show, and I won't really get into it until I finish it all the way, because again, just kind of recapping stuff, but highly recommend checking it out. Very clever comedy, very funny, and just offbeat and interesting episode, uh, episodic structure in terms of just a great pilot and like a pilot that kind of reminded me of Breaking Bad, the way it ends or it starts with a crazy ending and you're wondering, wait, where does this go from here? Like, how do we get there? And in a 20 minute episode, you get to that ending really quick and it's just, it's fucking awesome. Just a great way to build tension. And I really, I just really enjoyed the show. I thought it was, I've been really enjoying it. I think it's very, it's just very funny and it's very entertaining. And it's, and I think a really great test too of a show sometimes is if someone can just, sit down and um, sit down and just get into it and just, you know, any episode. And obviously it's harder with some shows than others if you're like, hey, let's watch The Sopranos. And then it's like, oh, you don't know anything about these characters or like The Wired or Thrones even. Um, but, you know, with a show like that, 20 minutes, like, you know, if someone watches and It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia episode, I would hope that they could watch it and be able to laugh, like a good classic episode um, and maybe not know anything about the characters. It's kind of like that with this. Obviously there's more of a storyline, a continual storyline with it of course, like an overarching theme, um, and, and, you know, pursuit, it's, uh, et cetera. But at the same time, like I watched it with, um, some friends, I believe yesterday morning, I just put it on in the background, like maybe episode three or four. And, um, we put on a couple and they were bursting out laughing with me and they don't know anything about these characters minus, you know, minus me telling them right at the beginning, like, Oh, that's Donald Glover. He's kind of broke down on his luck. And that's his cousin Paperboy, who's a rapper up and coming in Atlanta. I mean, that's really all I said. And it's like, he's kind of trying to cling on to him, maybe make a living with this and seeing what he can do. And, uh, that was really all they needed and they loved it. So I just recommend watching the show. I'll get into it more why I love it and maybe talk about more particulars and specifics then. Uh, but a great show nonetheless. And then finally, um, in terms of TV, Black Mirror, I did watch one episode and, I watched an episode from like season three. Someone re- recommended it and they said, you can watch from anywhere. It doesn't really matter. So I just started, we, we, he picked an episode that was one of his favorites and it was an episode where they talk about, uh, it's a show that's kind of like twilight zoney and, um, they each, each episode, sorry, I just heard something from downstairs and threw me off. I don't know. You might've caught some feedback there. Um, each episode handles like a different story and it's, I might be the same actors and actresses, but, um, each episode is like a different world and which is always very, very interesting. Kind of like a collection of short stories, which I always enjoy reading. Um, considering the fact that I'm such an avid reader, you know, and, uh, the person who made this bet with me to do this episode, will hear that and be like, you motherfucker. Um, but anyways, uh, (laughs) Um, but I I do like that short story kind of structure. I've always enjoyed like a good short story that you can just read for 10 pages and just be done with it. Cause I really, I am not, I'm not the most avid reader. I don't read all the time. And so it's something like that can be just great for me to get into. And same with a show, you know, for somebody who's not like a great show person, that can be really nice where it's like, okay, just throw one on. And then you don't have to worry about keeping up the characters. You're just done with it after that one episode. Kind of like why I love miniseries so much, you know, you just kind of bang them out. Uh, but it was really interesting basically a lot of the episodes deal with like technology and society and um that episode in particular it handled it basically was a scenario in which um kind of like you know you rate an uber driver or a lyft driver we uh we rate each other like you every interaction with a human you rate them whether it's your spouse or uh, you know the barista at fucking starbucks you know you just rate them five stars four stars whatever 
and just kind of the dark world. Like it's just, you know, a dark commentary on society these days, obviously an exaggeration on what we currently deal with, but still accurate. Nonetheless, very on point, um, and very, very clever writing, interesting. And most of all, just thought provoking. I mean, and, and a little fucking depressing and in a good way in the sense that like it should make you, it should make you, you know, you finish it and you're like, I am on my fucking phone too much. Like, what am I doing? You know? And so very interesting commentary on society. And I, re- I recommend checking it out. At least that episode, I believe it was episode or season three, season three, and maybe episode like two or three or something like that. But you can find it. It's just the one where they rate and review each other. You'd see it in the description. Uh, so that was shows and I'm flying through all this stuff. I apologize to any listeners who are like, good Lord, dude, take a breath and take a beat. <laughs> it's like, no, no, no. You got to get through this for 45 in and I haven't even touched on movies yet. So to anybody listening here right now, just know that I paused the podcast and recorded over something where I just, the reason I just pulled away from the mic was to drink some water and I drink the water and I hear the gulping in my throat. And I'm like, I think I just heard that in the mic. And I definitely went back and listened. I'm like, that is fucking disgusting. I was like, Gulp. <laughs> just like so bad I'm like you know what I will edit so there you go there's a little post-production for you I took care of it uh but anyway so I just want to talk about some movies very briefly I'm, I'm getting a little tired here and uh I just want to talk about what I kind of stuff that's related to the Oscar race I have Ex Machina written down here um I want to talk about it but at the same time that was last year Similar to Westworld, but I loved it. I, I kind of can't even really go into specifics on it because there's just so many shows and or so many movies I need to mention. But overall, very, very good. Oscar Isaac was incredible. And again, asking the question of, you know, building artificial intelligence and what kind of implication that has on society and on us and, you know, how much is too much, how much, at what point do you gain consciousness? Very, very similar to Westworld season one. The ending to... Um, with just all those questions they ask where it's like, what is consciousness? When do you find consciousness? Um, you know, thinking of that Dolores scene in Westworld where she kind of scoots around the seat and she's looking at herself and it's kind of like, oh, it's self-awareness. It's understanding you're a robot and ex machina kind of a similar thing too, uh, where they're doing a Turing test the entire time, um, to find out whether or not she's a robot or it can be a human or whatever. Um, However, sorry, you might be hearing some laughing there and watching It's Always Sunny downstairs, which is a fucking hilarious show. So, um, but yeah, so I <clears throat> loved that movie. I thought it was great. One of my favorite scenes was the dance scene in it. That was phenomenal. Uh, and then, and then really just a, just a great movie and a clever, clever ending. Um, and just a, another good science fiction because I'm not a huge science fiction person, but I love when it, when it's clever, hypothetical world. Uh, that's just always an interesting commentary on society today. I mean, that's what a science fiction film should be. It should be futuristic. It should be fictional, but it should always be uh, making a point of whatever we're going through today and be somewhat of a social commentary in that regard. So um, loved that. And then the other things, the other movies where I watched uh, Hell or High Water, and I saw Manchester by the Sea, and I saw Moonlight. And I believe those are the only movies I'm going to mention uh, but just to start, Manchester by the Sea, right now, you, you heard it first, and this is my pick, I, I think deserves best picture. It was phenomenal. Um, for anybody who hasn't seen it, go watch it, and it, it's it's incredibly heavy in, in, there's, in, in certain parts, and it's very depressing in some certain parts. And essentially, the entire premise, and I, just to not spoil anything to anybody who hasn't seen it, it's just 
how a tragedy, a very just horrible, unspeakable tragedy of on one f- fucking f- tiny accident, one tiny mistake kind of thing. You know, just one of those, a, 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 a tragedy that would haunt someone, essentially. Um, and what would, what that would do to a man, to a family, to people he loves. And I'm not even going to say what it is specifically, but because um, that would be spoiling the entire goddamn movie um, and a very big reveal at one point. But essentially, uh, that that is the story. And, uh, and it's told in a different way. It jumps back and forth between past and present. But Casey Affleck is incredibly uh, talented. He's so good in the film. Um, and and so is, uh, there's a younger actor in it as well who plays his family member who's a big character, uh, tall kid. He's uh, ginger, got ginger hair and everything. Um, very, very talented as well. But the big, main thing I want to say about that movie and again, it's just a phenomenal drama, but it's also a phenomenal dramedy, like in the sense that it is just very funny. I found myself laughing out loud so many times in the theater. And again, like I said earlier, it's incredibly depressing at points. So I think it really is a testament to the writing um, and just the realistic movie. I mean, it, you watch it and it's like so fucking funny because it is so accurate and real and believable and just so, you know, you just hear these conversations and you're like, I could just, I could picture this. And it's just these people are human, and um, and then it kind of just hammers home that tragedy and the effects it has on these characters even more. It makes it that much better, uh, that much more real and, and believable and, and raw, and, and you know those are the kind of films I always like. Um, oh, and there's another movie I want to talk about too. Oh, there's too many movies. I wanted to mention Blue Jay too. I loved that. And we can talk about that another time because that won't that won't get any Oscar bait. Um, unfortunate or Oscar. Not Oscar bait. Um, if it was Oscar bait, it would be uh, dealing with much different issues than that. But uh, it's well, yeah, it won't get any. It won't get any Oscar love. Um, but Blue Jay, good movie on Netflix. If you got an hour and twenty and you don't mind black and white, highly recommend. Uh, but anyways, yeah, Manchester by the Sea. I believe will win Best Picture. I also saw Moonlight. Incredible, incredibly moving and um, eye opening, and uh, just an insanely complex commentary on society on um urban neighborhoods and and kids with uh kind of the card stacked against them for various reasons and i can't even really get into the premise of that let's just pull up you know what we're just going to see what google says about the premise because i don't know how to say it without spoiling certain aspects of the plot that make it so good Okay, um, a young man deals with his dysfunctional home life and comes of age in Miami during the war on drugs era. The story of his struggle is to find himself, the story of the struggle to find himself is told across three defining chapters in his life as he experiences the ecstasy, pain, and beauty of falling in love while grappling with his own sexuality. I just got goosebumps reading that. That is one of the best bylines I've ever heard of a movie. I'm like, that is such a fucking great description. Thank you, Google. Um, but yeah, that's that's the that's the that's all I need to say. And it is such a fucking perfect film. I loved it. It's a ninety eight percent on Rotten Tomatoes. And if Manchester's by the Sea didn't win Best Picture, I think that should as well. Um, and there are still some other movies I need to see. I need to see La La Land. It got so much Golden Globe love. I'll probably watch that before. Uh, I'll probably watch that before the next episode I do. Hopefully, I can keep up with the two week schedule. I love how like I have this two week schedule and I couldn't even keep it up and it took me four months to do an episode. Meanwhile, Howard Stern goes on three days a week. I listen every day and then he's like, he'll like do two weeks on and a week off and all he'll be off that one week. And I'm like, 
how can he do that to me? It's like, I took four goddamn months to do a podcast episode. Um, but anyways, it's all good. We're back. So that would be, I would recommend Moonlight and Manchester by the Sea for like newer films that you must see. Um, and then uh, Hell or High Water that might, I don't know if it's still in theaters or not, but we watched it on uh, this past weekend. And Bank Heist movie, but not like an action film at all. Again, we're just going to read the plot from Google because it's just easier that way. But Chris Pine and Ben, uh, what is his name? Foster, fucking phenomenal. And Jeff, uh, Jeff Bridges, all three just great actors. Toby is a divorced father who's trying to make a better life for his son. His brother, Tanner, is an ex-convict with a short temper and a loose trigger finger. Together, they plan a series of heists against the bank that's about to foreclose on their family ranch. Da-da-da. I mean, literally, I mean, you read that, and it's like, that sounds corny as hell, honestly, but it's, it's again, rated really high. It's 98% on Rotten Tomatoes as well, and it was just a great film, very tense um, and I'm, I'm a good, I love a good crime, f- crime movie as long, you know, you gotta have real characters and an actual fucking storyline in this movie had all of that in spades. So recommend that as well. And it, and it should get some decent Oscar love. I hope it does. Cause it does deserve it. It was, it was a very, very clever, interesting movie. And there was, uh, the, the last bank heist scene as, you know, as well as it, as well it should be. Um, was just so tense, you know, the tension builds with each time you, they do it. And the last one, I mean, I was on the edge of my goddamn seat and just, you know, just so anxious. Uh, so highly, highly recommend that. And then, um, I thought there might've been one other movie I was going to talk about, but I might not have, I might've mentioned it earlier, but I'm not going to go back and look for it. Let me see here. Oh my god, I forgot I saw Suicide Squad. I had that written down in here just to talk trash about that awful fucking film. I hated it. Um, I feel like there was one other movie I was going to talk about. Let me go back and find it. And definitely, yeah, that, that, I think that was it. I believe the other movie I kind of wanted to mention was Blue Jay, but uh, no need to go into detail on that. Um, just another movie I would recommend. Well-reviewed. And with that, I think we're recapped. 54 minutes in, um, apologize for having to breeze through all this stuff and not getting to spend time on the finer points, but it's a little late in the night and I never usually do it this late, but it's better to put something out than nothing. And to that one lovely listener, um, you know who you are that made the bet with me that (laughs) the foolish, foolish bet that I wouldn't record, uh, it's happening and it's 1120 and this shit will be uploaded before midnight. So I win. Um, anyhow. Let's leave you with a song here. Something from Content for the Cultured. Uh, by the way, I've added enough songs. We are at 51 hours of sound and 649 songs. So if you are ever in a situation where you're listening to Spotify and you can't find music, just search Content for the Culture and listen, listen to this playlist. So I know we started with Pride and Vanity by Ohio, Ohio Players. Groovy, old, funk, soul song. I've kind of been on a kick like that. Listening to a lot of D'Angelo lately. Um, kind of stronger grooves like that I've been really into. Uh, I'm going to play a newer song by Tall Black Guy. Don't really know his music that well, but I found it on a playlist of Tom Mish's, um, who's a kind of a progressive jazz artist that I enjoy, like pop jazz, um, blues jazz kind of thing. Um, I love his music, and he has a good playlist on Spotify where he just kind of has a lot of music like that on there. So if you kind of like this sound, maybe check out his music, um, either Tall Black Guy or Tom Mish, uh, or on top of that, just... 
check out his playlist on Spotify. It has like 10,000 followers or something, and it's really good. He keeps up with it. So with that, I bid you farewell, and thank you for listening to Content for the Cultured, episode 20. We finally made it. Uh, if I if I finally made it, we made it, the listeners and I, the listener and I, depending on how many listeners I have at this point, it's been so goddamn long. Uh, anyways, thank you so much for listening, and here we go. The song is called There's No More Soul, and uh, cool. This has been Content for the Cultured. Oh, yeah.